Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess, with some random thoughts about high expectations as a fan. We're all guilty of this, and especially this season, the Eagles have made us lower our bar a lot in order to still stick around in week 17, hoping that we see an even more convincing win as they did versus the Dallas Cowboys at home on Sunday. This game has been flexed to 425, and I'm fine with that, but I just hope it's worth it as far as the first half. I want the first half to be just as uh, energetic as the beginning of this Cowboys game start started. And as I'm watching the rerun right now on NFL Network, I realized that there were some plays that Carson could definitely have taken back and gotten at least two more touchdowns, and Jake Elliott's foot needs to be straight Uh, and get every single point that he can for the team when they don't punch it in the red zone. The biggest issue this week is Zacherts being uh, obviously sore from his cracked rib. I personally think he shouldn't play. I don't want him to play if he's going to be a liability. I forget what game it was this season. It wasn't too long ago, but he had already had, um, did he pull his groin or hamstring or something he had earlier muscle-wise? And uh, they're talking about it now, right now on the on the update on NFL Network. But I think that he uh, is best when he's at least 80%, and he is definitely not 80%. So I'd rather him not be a liability and for him to just sit this one out. If they have to put him in, make him a decoy. Um, and if he gets a one-yard catch, you know, touchdown run, so be it. But don't have him out in space if they are going to uh, use him. But I do feel like whatever that last game that I can't remember, he wasn't very helpful. And I think that messes up his whole, it messes up his whole flow. And you can tell he's not really in it mentally. He's just kind of just trying to be out there and be a, you know, the rah-rah guy. But, um, and he always usually is in every game. So I think for him, it's weird if he's out, which I totally understand. But I, just for the sake of hopefully knowing that this game will end in a nice win, I just don't want Zach to further hurt another rib because I know that a lot of players play through that, but you can make it worse if you get hit on the other side. And the Giants don't play fair when they're, especially when they're desperate to be spoiled um, this weekend because they know the Eagles need this win. Um, So yeah, we're definitely probably going to get the fiercest of the Giants defense. And as a fan watching, I will not be shocked if the Eagles are dragging, I mean, are lagging in the score, but I also expect it to be not in overtime like the last game was, and that game shouldn't even been in overtime. But that's how the division has been this year, and it hasn't really been a walk in the park for any of the four teams, which is sad in itself. But um, the Redskins play the Dal- play Dallas too, so you don't know whether Haskins is playing or not. Um, he went out with an injury last weekend. Um, but Case Keenum still probably wants to solidify why he should be a starting tight end. I mean, a starting QB um, over Haskins. So I'm sure he's trying desperately, uh, to get his name back out there. Um, he can play pretty focused when he wants to. I mean, he played the Eagles pretty good on the opening game, but I do think that, um, if he really wants it, he'll have the Redskins, uh, in tip top shape, or at least somewhat focused for that game. Um, just to at least end the season on a pretty positive note for them. Um, but it depends because like, the Eagles-Cowboys game this past Sunday was every NFC East division game is going to be 
like pulling teeth at some point. So I'm not shocked if the game starts slow or if the Giants take over quickly. But I'm hoping that uh, Fletch and all them can finally get a lot more sacks than they have all season in this game because I think the key to that is getting Daniel Jones shook early so that he's not really focused enough to throw the ball good. But he does throw a good ball, so I won't be shocked if every now and then the corners will whiff. Um, It wouldn't be a Giants game if it's not competitive, but I just hope it's not in overtime. Most likely it won't be because it'll be in New York. And even if fans aren't really invested in the game, they were, they're probably going to want to see the Eagles go down and lose their shot, especially because <clears throat> right now momentum is working in their favor. But I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas beats Redskins, but it still won't mean anything if the Eagles win. I do think the Eagles will win like 37 to 10 or 31 to 20, something like that, because I feel like they could put enough points on the board that Dallas can uh, at least be a little scared if they're not doing their stuff by fourth quarter. Um Usually these games are the games that they pull players when they know they already got the uh, when they already got the uh, division. So if by fourth quarter Carson's actually chilling and McCown's in, then you know it's a pretty good indication that the Cowboys are losing. So pretty much I'll go by that. I'll say I'll go by fourth quarter two minute warning and just see what they end up doing with um, Carson as far as if he's still playing by then. I mean, he's a competitor, and this year hasn't been that great, so I'm sure he feels pressed to play every snap. And also, I think he's just that type of player that he doesn't like to sit if he doesn't have to. Um, But I think it would be smart if they took him out in the last part of the fourth quarter or the mid-fourth quarter if the Cowboys are mailing it in. Um, These types of games are desperate, and sometimes when they're desperate, usually the Eagles play the best. Um, don't ask me why all this season they couldn't play just as focused, but I think almost like to where, how the Sixers handled their excellent win last night, um, at home versus, uh, the Bucks. I think that some players have a tendency to take off mentally on certain games because they know, um, that there are plenty other games to make up for it. Granted, it's probably not the smartest, uh, strategy, but, um, record wise, I don't think, The Sixers are worried about whether they'll make the division this year. I think they're more worried about um, if the chemistry uh, gets better between now and uh, April or May when it really determines where they're going to end up in the playoffs. Um, I definitely agree with uh, Joel in the sense that I think he is kind of knowing when to turn himself down in terms of energy and then when to turn up. So that's good that he is maturing that much as a player that he knows now to conserve his energy and his silliness for certain parts of the game that are already um, when the Sixers are already playing as a unit. Now, when they're only playing kind of part time and it's just mostly him, he just has to take over Um, when it's games where it's kind of split between him, Tobias and Ben or I don't know, some of the bench guys get in there like Mike or or Trey or Furkan when he decides to hit consecutive threes out of nowhere. Um, then I think Joel can kind of fall back, but a lot of people probably assume that Joel takes off when he wants to anyway, but I think he's making it known that I'm aware of where we were last year and I'm aware of how I play and I'm aware that my health can sometimes be an issue, but I pray that this time around we will get to the finals and we will win. And I want him to feel that way because I feel like he's one of those guys that he's had too many disappointments. So I think it's just very important for him at this point in his career to end with at least 
a runner-up uh, voting slot of Defensive Player of the Year or be the reason that Sixers get into the finals. I think a lot of times he relied on Ben and others to pick him up and they just didn't take the call. But I also think now Ben is even starting to realize where he's needed probably as a player to humble himself and not be so defensive about, you know, whether he shoots or he doesn't and just let it flow. And yes, there are some games that he probably still is having brain farts and not thinking to pull up. But I think that the tendencies that he still has to make a jumper every now and then, even if he doesn't make it, is a sign that he's willing to elevate his game a little bit more each each moment he has that urge. So granted, it is kind of a pain in the ass to wait for it. But, you know, like I said with the beginning of this podcast, if you have too many high expectations on a certain player or a team, you know, or any just thing in life, um, you have to be prepared or be prepared for the mental up and down battle that happens when that thing doesn't deliver. Um, I can't just abandon my team. <laughs> I have to watch my football. It's pretty much helped me get through a lot of ups and downs myself. So I'm going to watch games whether or not the Eagles are in it or not because I like to watch football. But it does feel less, uh, have a less desire to be as jealous of other teams when they're in the playoffs and my Eagles aren't. So I think that that alone is probably the plus of knowing that maybe the Eagles have finally put everything together at the right time. And what a time for Carson to be gelling with total no names um, as opposed to the starting running backs that were with him before than now, you know, going into a new year. I think Carson's birthday is actually coming up because I think he's like, he's the end of December. So for him to win and then his birthday coming up and then a new, I guess, a new season technically starting after the new year um, and they have fresh legs and hopefully Deshaun. So I think that there are a lot of pluses to getting past this last hurdle before they all mentally prepare for another three-game battle. Um, uh, Granted, you know, no one wants to think past the second round. I just want them to get there and finish. And I want them to finish convincingly. If they win, it's a bonus. But I just want to be able to see Deshaun to be able to play in the playoffs knowing that they have as good a shot as any then not able to see him recover and see the field again before the summer's out. I mean, for the season's out. Now, mind you, like I said, there's probably going to be a lot of decisions made after January that'll probably be a little heartbreaking, but I'm just praying that Deshaun is not going to be one of those decisions. Um, Being that his circumstance kind of took him for a loop, um, I would see no reason for him to not be an Eagle still next year, at least to finish that spot. Um, or what he started, because basically what he started was probably the best game, um, or at least the anticipation of the best game of the season, and he wasn't able to finish the rest of the of the season. So I think it would just be almost like it would just be so ironic if all of a sudden he ends up finishing in his postseason career as a as a winner. Um, I don't want to say what kind of winner, obviously, but I don't even want to put those two words together right now because I'm I've decided one game at a time is the only way we fans can mentally handle this very very inconsistent team this season and I think it's also been hard to believe that you know whatever we thought might have come out of this season actually didn't manifest 
if you look back at the games one by one, there were so many opportunities um, that the Eagles had to flip the season around early. Um, but the injuries kind of was a deterrent. And then I think the overall uh, play calling was so, I guess, bland that it really caused a lot of dissension amongst the team, but probably not as bad as, you know, the media obviously tried to make it seem. I think, I think the team on top of like everything else with the changing, you know, roster, I think the Eagles are too boring of a team to really make controversial. (laughs) I mean, I think it's good that they're boring, but if this was the only controversy that came out of this whole year, knowing that they're still playing in the postseason, um, that's pretty damn good. (laughs) I mean, if it took just one outsider to kind of convince a few people that maybe possibly Carson may not be liked at times, I just find it hilarious in that sense. People who go to lengths to try to make other people look bad, it just shows you what kind of character they had from the door. Now, mind you, the rat that was there was not trying to come at Carson. I think he was just trying to come at Malcolm and other guys that he never really liked to begin with. But he's getting his dose of karma in, in, in more ways than one. So I refused to even acknowledge his name because he wasn't even really the factor. I think if anything, he might've just been the magnifying glass that showed a lot of those players that not everybody um, has good intentions once they join the team. Um, And it also shows that, you know, we may not have really known what was really truly going on with this team until things started to go wrong. And maybe it was good that it went wrong when it did because it gave a lot of the new players and, and the vet players chance to really pull back and say, how did we get here? And that was probably the best thing for them because sometimes life just throws curveballs constantly until you learn the lesson. And maybe this year, a lot of the players, including Carson really needed humbling. And as a human being, humbling humility of any kind at any time in your life is probably the biggest blessing you can ever get. I am totally a witness to that. So I just wanted to have this podcast just to let that out about how sometimes setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations will always set you up for a downfall because, you know, none of us know these players personally. We feel like we do, but we don't. And we'd all like to envision that they're, you know, they want to win the Super Bowl like a rest, the, all of us fans want to. But the reality is if your team is what it is, you know, that's why the record is what it is. You know, they may be better than a seven and seven, but apparently not. The, apparently not. So now that they are officially added to seven and seven and they're eight and seven, they have one more game to be nine and seven. And you just pray that everything that they might have seen tonight or at, la- at the Sunday night game, Sunday afternoon game, that they will see at the Giants game and be able to readjust quicker than they ever have. The favorite saying that you hear a lot now in press conferences is back up against the wall. So probably this is the perfect part of the season right now for Carson Wentz. Someone like him who is such a lover of God probably thrives off of stuff like this because it seems like whenever you play things safe in life, you never really fully learn anything. And I think this year, even the players who aren't playing right now can look back and say, damn, that's why we went through all that. So my only prayer now post Christmas is that 
we see a a bigger and I don't know, not even bigger, a more hopeful turnout to the end of this regular season and hopefully an even more eye-opening postseason. Um, I do feel like the Eagles will win. I do. I know it's not going to be easy because, again, like I said, divisional games never are because they are the teams that know you the best. But I do know one thing. It definitely is not going to end up in overtime. Um, but you see how that could have happened with both teams kind of playing on the same kind of level. And then when Eli played, he always finds a way to get his team open, his uh, wide receivers open because he does have still has a great arm in my eyes, but he's just not that intimidating of a presence to make me want to feel that the Giants could, you know, take the Eagles by the, by the back of the head, (laughs) just slam them down and kill them. I mean, we also don't know um, how healthy totally Jalen Mills is now, because I feel like he's had a lot of recent injuries uh, sneak up again. So I'm just hoping that Jalen shows up, Avante shows up, and Fletch shows up. Because Cowboys are one thing, but beating the Giants twice is the ultimate kiss my ass to this division. We own it. Take back what's ours. All that stuff. So let's just pray one play at a time. Pray the Schwartz will be with the defense. And everything will work as planned. And hopefully we'll be waiting for uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers game to resume um, to finish and then find out who we're playing. I personally think the Eagles can take on the Seahawks now that they're a little beat up. And but I feel like it would be more exciting if they played the 49ers. Um, I think that Garoppolo can get sacked at least once or twice. And. I don't know. I just feel like it would be such a fast game that I think that this team could be purely built on speed alone. So I do feel like that motivation of how fast the 49ers play might amp up the Eagles uh, defense even more. Um, I think it just will be more exciting than the Seahawks game. So I'm kind of hoping Jimmy G wins this weekend. But with Beast Mode returning, I don't know, even if he's not truly as fast as he used to be, I can kind of still see Marshawn Lynch having a, having a little bit of a field day, but we'll see what happens. I I'm excited about this Sunday and I'm definitely excited about the new year about to approach us. Cause I am so ready to kiss 2019. Goodbye. And until this game comes, if I have any more thoughts, I will definitely share with birds of a feather. If you're listening, thanks for tuning in if you are. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon, kids. Enjoy the rest of the week. Tomorrow's Friday. Thank you, Lord. The last full football Friday of the regular season. Enjoy it. Fly, Eagles, fly. And uh, go birds. Take care.